In the sixth year, the Water Stewardship Conference seeks to explore how investments in South Africa's water sector can be leveraged to generate sustained economic growth, employment and well-being. On November 17, tomorrow, the conference will focus on good governance for green recovery, stewardship in a post-COVID water sector, bringing together representatives from government industry, civil society and development partners. The event will unpack what achieving robust governance for sustainable recovery entails while simultaneously unpacking the water investments urgently needed to support a post-COVID-19 green recovery. On the line, Mr. Alex McNamara, Program Manager, Climate and Water in the National Business Initiative, is here to tell us a little more about that. Alex, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Thanks for having me. What is the annual Water Stewardship Conference all about? Not so much the theme for this year, I've highlighted that, but broadly speaking, what is the conference about in terms of annual water stewardship? And I think at its its heart, it's about bringing to the fore what are the really key issues we need to address in terms of water. I mean, there's obviously so much going on in the world right now, but, but water is a key issue for our country. So I think it's really about forming the relationships, the network and the understanding to tackle our biggest water challenges. And that's really what we focus on every single year. High level at this stage, what can you tell us are certainly going to be some of the sticking points at the conference that will start tomorrow in relation to South Africa's water strategy, be it from a science perspective, be it from a politics perspective, be it in response to climate change? What are you anticipating to be a conversation that's certainly going to be having everybody there attentive? Well, I think the theme of the conference, you know, good governance for uh, green recovery, I think both elements are going to be very interesting. And uh, from the government's perspective, you know, everybody's wondering about we have some great plans, we have some great strategies in place for water, but of course the implementation is where, where which is most critical. So I think people will be thinking about how to ensure the public sector has the technical capacity, the financial ability to obviously implement its various plans. I think for the private sector, the same goes. How do we get the private sector to really play a leadership role in water in the country? I think those are some of the ones that will be really hot topics. But also the whole idea of economic recovery. We've got these big stimulus packages being rolled out across the world. There's a significant opportunity to obviously leverage the water sector for growth and investment. That's very important right now, as we all know. So I think both themes of the conference will be equally important. From where you sit, would you suggest that the challenges in the water and sanitation department are a thing of the past. We do know that a couple of years ago with a particular minister, erstwhile Nomvula Mogonyane, when she was the minister, there were some serious challenges in the department. Can the same be said now? If there have been the improvements, what are the major improvements that are kind of giving us, if you like, the kind of inspiration to believe that indeed we are headed for the right direction? I think, you know, what's great to see is, you know, there are there have been committed people in the department since, you know, since the department was formed, and those same committed people are there as well. So, you know, we've engaged extensively with the department on the COVID-19 response, the work done there, and I think, you know, those, those same committed people are there. I mean, obviously, there are constraints. I mean, one is obviously a certain lack of funding for the for the department as well, but I think we're certainly starting to, I think we're starting to turn the corner, and I think we've had great collaboration with the department in this conference and in practical partnerships. And for us, it's really about, you know, how can we find solutions that are going to work for everybody and how do we just tackle the joint challenges that we have to because ultimately water will underpin our economic security going forward. It's not just about water security, it's actually about economic development as a whole. 
The water question is not just a question of the now, it's a question of the future. Many have even started to even put theories together that might suggest that the next great big global challenge outside, of course, dealing with COVID-19 will be a resource-based war, water being at the center of all of that. Your thoughts on that? No, it's a major concern. I mean, if we look just at our own country, we're a semi-arid country, so we already have half the world's average rainfall. Um, certainly in my time at the NBI, you know, we've been working on declared disasters and droughts in all across the country because of water. So, And then, of course, we obviously face rising temperatures from climate change, so that exacerbates some of the risks. I think it's not, I mean, it's not inconceivable. I think if you're in an area where there's uh, you know, obviously very high drought conditions, I mean, it's very, it's very plausible that... There will be conflicts over water. Obviously, we have to do the best to avoid that. I mean, COVID-19 has also exposed the inequities with regards to water and sanitation in the country and how we have to resolve those challenges. A lot will depend on what water resources are available and having good governance to underpin the development of those water resources. The one good thing is that demand is something that we can really tackle. So if we saw the Cape Town with the Cape Town droughts, they actually got to a very, very serious drought through curbing uh, water demand. Why did it take that kind of threat to have a proper strategy in place to tackle our response to the water crisis generally in the country? Yeah, I, mean, I think within the water sector, it's known that you know we are facing significant constraints in terms of you know, uh, infrastructure and institutional capacity, funding for the water sector. So, so there are people working, obviously, steadfastly behind the scenes to avert water crises, but I think you're right. I mean, very often it does take a crisis to alert us and to get us to change our behavior. When I talk to people in Cape Town, they think about water differently. So I guess all we can do is try and learn the lessons. Certainly, as the Water Church of Conference, one thing we're trying to do is make sure that people understand that, you know, water is critical for our economic development and water security is not a given. It's not a given for our country either. Mr. Alex McNamara, Program Manager, Climate and Water at the NBI. That's the National Business Initiative. He returns after the break. We're taking your calls on 011-714-2006. If I mention water in wherever you are, what is your experience with water? Do you have an abundance of? Do you have a way of saying you're effectively off the grid? Do you agree with the statement that Minister Lindy Sisulu this time last year had mentioned in relation to the some of the water challenges, many in South Africans referring to them as water crises, responding and saying we do not have a water crisis in this country. We were asking, in fact, that question in relation to what one municipality, particularly in the free state, Maluti Apafong, had been experiencing for the longest time. Your thoughts and more after the break on water in the country. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. We're talking to Mr. Alex McNamara, Program Manager, Climate and Water National Business Initiative. Tomorrow starts the 6th Annual Water Stewardship Conference, and the event will unpack what achieving robust governance for sustainable recovery entails while simultaneously unpacking the water investments urgently needed to support a post-COVID-19 green recovery. What are the kinds of investments South Africa is hoping or should be looking to secure for the purposes of, first of all, having a sustainable water supply, a credible water supply that will also be able to be reachable to the 35% who are outside the access to safe and reliable water services? So in relation to investments, exactly what are we looking for? It surely can't just be Jojo tanks and relying on rain. No, I mean, not definitely not. Um, 
that can be helpful, but I mean, essentially, yes. we want to diversify the, the water mix. We want to access, access groundwater, particularly where it's available. Not always available, but very important groundwater. Then, of course, you want to fix the leaks. I mean, so tackling mm, water leakage mm. is a big issue in our country. I mean, about 40% of our water never actually reaches an end consumer. It's lost before it uh, actually reaches your tap. So fixing the leaks and making sure we address that as an, as an opportunity, actually, is very important. The other one that people we really focus on is on, on wastewater and wastewater treatment. So a lot of um, wastewater and sewage is not necessarily treated before it's released um, because of aging infrastructure or plants that just you know, are not large enough to cope with, with the volumes they receiving. That's a big issue for public health. It's an issue for water quality. It's an issue for, for ecosystems. So those are some of the areas that are currently now are obviously risks or, or difficulties that actually could well become uh, economic opportunities. In terms of getting South Africans to be part of the solutions as well, I mean, surely there could be a case made for those who can invest in borehole water systems, perhaps to do so, those who can invest, and I would even imagine it would be a good policy directive to say all of those in the business of securing government works for building houses per human settlements rollout plan, they should do so in a manner that is consistent with access to water, including but not limited to every social house that is built, should have a water tank attached to that house. Also, those like me and you who might not necessarily need such facilities, they should be required or encouraged in the strongest of terms to invest in grey water systems such that the water that comes from our sinks and basins and showers and the baths can be used, for instance, for watering the garden, for watering the grass and other purposes that grey water can be used for as opposed to always using potable water. Some solutions on a mundane level? No, I mean, absolutely, I agree with you. I mean, at a household level, uh, things like water fission, shower heads, and using grey water like you described, that can all be very useful. Um, but I also think part of it is also certainly for, for middle and upper, upper income households. It's about understanding your water use. It's making sure if you can afford to pay for water, you do so, so that we can make sure we get sort of revenues and, and support to municipalities that they need. And that way we can also cross-subsidize cross uh, low-income households. So one of the biggest challenges we have in the country actually is that water, ironically, it's underpriced for many, and revenues are not necessarily great in the water sector. So if we want to if we want to invest in you know, infrastructure to support communities or just general like you know support, as you mentioned, we're also going to have to raise income levels of, of, of the municipalities that deliver water services. So part of it is basically municipalities ensuring they have good customer services and make it easier to pay, for et cetera. But it's also us as consumers obviously using water efficiently and making sure if we can't afford to pay for water, that we definitely do so. The question of aging infrastructure to which you made reference slightly earlier on is a serious question which probably does deserve some comment in depth. It's not a conversation that started last year or even five years ago. It has been an ongoing conversation of this democratic dispensation that we would need to ensure that the water-based infrastructure is kept abreast at least of maintenance schedule, if not ahead. For instance, there was supposed to have been the construction of the Umzimvubu Dam. It hasn't taken place. This is something that President Zuma had initiated or had said would happen in his 2014 or 15 State of the Nation address. To date, that hasn't happened. So when we talk about these things and in relation to good governance for sustainable recovery, and knowing that sustainable recovery is equally supposed to speak to the SDGs and MDGs, we've got some serious challenges if we do not treat our aging infrastructure. No, we do. I mean, I mean, about half of our 
wastewater treatment works are in a very difficult state. Um, similar numbers for water treatment works as well. I mean, I think part of it is just recognizing that municipalities themselves, in many cases, not necessarily are, they're quite cash-strapped. So, and I guess if we envisage the, the sort of initial reconstruction process you, you alluded to, a lot of emphasis went into new, new build or new capital expenditure. And what we found is that municipalities don't necessarily have the, the maintenance budget available to maintain these assets. So even if we are building new infrastructure, do we have the budget to actually maintain that over a long period of time? And in quite a few cases, especially in smaller municipalities, that that operational budget, that maintenance budget, just isn't there. So I think there's a, there's a I agree with you about you know the need for broader investment. There's kind of a bigger discussion about if if water is so important for the economy, for society, uh, mm. for the environment. Are we giving it adequate attention when it comes to the way we, we set budgets, the way we uh, develop, develop tariffs, and also the way we think about what we need to invest in and what we need to maintain? Yeah, when you talk about budget, you're talking about something pretty serious. Just last year, this time, when you were headed towards the fifth such annual water stewardship conference, this was the problem. The Department of Water and Sanitation estimated then that some $33 billion each year would be required for the next 10 years to achieve the kind of water security our population demands. Yet, at the time, only $15.5 billion had been the budget. In other words, less than half of what was required last year. So already, just on the budget question, we are not meeting target. Final comment. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is a well-known figure, unfortunately, in the water sector about the water funding gap. Um, and it's not just obviously at a national level. In fact, it's more in many cases at a municipal level where a lot of water sanitation, you know, water sanitation services are delivered at a municipal level. So in many cases, it's actually about a strong funding model for, for local government. But yeah, certainly at the moment, we know the water sector is not financially sustainable. That's understood in the water and sanitation master plan. What we need to do now, obviously, is turn that situation around. But you can't charge South Africans more for that, surely. I mean, how much more can South Africans pay? Is that the solution? Keep speaking about tariffs. Uh, well, I think, you know, as I think about like middle and upper income households, I think, you know, we're talking about potentially small tariff increases that could have a significant uh, benefit. But it's not necessarily about charging more. It's also about just better management as well. I guess better financial management in some cases. So making sure that there's good billing, that, you know, it's easy for people to pay, improving customer service, all those kinds of virtuous cycle actions that will increase Very the ability well. of people to pay and the willingness of people to pay as well. Let's leave it there then, Mr. Alex McNamara, Program <laughs> Manager, Climate and Water, NBI. All the best for your conference tomorrow. We look forward back to the feedback on what takes place in the conference that is in its sixth year of installment. Thank you very much. 2051, after the ad break, very short one at that, Mr. Kabelo Gale, Head of Operations and Art Director at Keys Communications, using art to change social behavior and encourage social advocacy in township communities. Conversation after the break.